Prayer is the most powerful thing we can do in our days, but all too often it gets drowned out by the noise around us. But what if the noise in our earbuds could help us tune out the noise of the world and instead tune in to our most important conversation? That's why we're here, to bring you inspiring conversations, practical how-tos, and guided prayers to help you pray like you never thought possible. I'm Valerie Warner, and this is Prayer in a Noisy World. Hi guys, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this episode will be encouraging to you. When you are going through grief, it's often the hardest time to pray, but this is the time that we often need God the most. So I want us to talk about what that looks like to actually pray through grief. Even as I was researching for this episode, I found a lot of content on actual prayers to pray, um, but no real tips on like how to walk through the process of praying when you're going through something like this. And I think there's a few reasons for that. Grief can numb us. We know we want to pray, but our expectations are really low. Maybe I can string together someone else's words to help. And I think there's absolutely a place for that. But today I really want to dive in to share some thoughts on actually praying through it, giving you kind of a framework that you can use and it can act as like a springboard prayer um, that can help you to pray. And you guys know we love springboard prayers. We have a whole book of them and it's basically just this idea that we want to give you some some framework for a prayer, but we want it to be a jumping off point so that you can continue the conversation with the Lord. So I hope this is helpful for you today. Um, The first thing we're going to look at is the stages of grief as described by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. And not all grief grief is going to happen the same way, of course. It's not going to be on this like certain timeline. You're not going to go to one and then, you know, kind of just go through this process. But I thought it would be helpful If you don't know where to start when you're praying through grief, to know what you are feeling in that moment, um, the stage that you're kind of in, so that you know how to pray. So we're going to start with that and kind of just walk through different things that you can pray as you go through the different stages of grief. So first, denial. These are feelings where you're originally just struggling to believe what is happening that what is happening is even real. And honestly, this can hit at any point. You can go through this phase in and out. Um, So just as you go through feelings of denial, my encouragement for you would be to pray for the Lord to connect you to what is really happening. Tragedy can feel like it is an out-of-body experience. We see it happening to ourselves, but almost like we're watching a movie. Or it can feel like it's a dream that we're going to wake up from. If you find yourself here, pray for God to be gracious to you and help you to glimpse reality for what is really, really happening in the most gentle way possible. We're not trying to hit you over the head with what's going on, but pray that the Lord would help you to see what's happening and to see that it is real. Denial can be this defense mechanism, so pray also that the Lord would protect you and comfort your heart. Whatever feels like it needs protecting in that moment, pray that the Lord would be protecting that so you don't have to use anything like denial to be your own defense mechanism. And what would it look like to grab hold of reality? And friends, our reality is honestly different than simply seeing the tragedy as real. It's seeing an eternal perspective as the most real thing. This is impossibly hard in the face of suffering, so pray for the Lord to give you eternal eyes 
to see what's happening. And this is something that goes far beyond, I guess, like the worldly definition of like grasping reality, because this is, we are, we are seeing things from things from God's perspective. Next, we have anger. These are the feelings of feeling wronged, offended, angry. You might be angry at yourself. You might be angry at someone else. You might be angry at God. And sometimes we can fear being too much for God. Or we think like, am I going to be able to come back from this? Like if I get so angry at God, am I going to be able to come back from that? Do I really want to open the can of worms of not knowing how far my emotions and my feelings will go? I want you to know and hear super clearly that God is not afraid of your emotions. And I, I know this from studying David and the Psalms and God's love for David, even at some of the very blunt and um, harsh things that he said, it's because David was real with God. The other day, I was actually super frustrated about something, obviously not anything tragic, um, but something that was weighing very heavy on me and something that I felt like the Lord had been silent on. I honestly screamed and begged and asked God, um, I asked him why in what felt like the most angry tone and even aggressive. And I, I, I cursed too. And it broke me into tears. It broke me to hear how angry I could be when I know the truth that God is a good God, even when I can't see it in my own situation. And it wasn't that I just stopped feeling the frustration. It was that the Lord, the presence of the Lord transformed me. And I know for a fact that if I had brought those same emotions with a friend, I may have still been angry after. It wouldn't have changed my heart. But sharing that level of honesty directly with God broke its hold on me. Feeling those big feelings in the presence of the Lord was different. He is the only one who can transform our hearts. And we can't draw near to Him and not be changed by Him. His presence alone is what transforms us. He calls us over and over again in His Word to draw near to Him. And He knows that that's not because we need to wait till we get all cleaned up and then draw near. It's because He knows He's the only one who can change our hearts. So He wants us to come even when things are hard, even when we are angry. So even if you fear that your emotions are too big, they are never too big for your creator. So if you're in the anger stage, pray for the Lord to be able to hear what you have to say. And and as I say that, it's not that we're looking for him to, we're not saying, hey God, can you hear me out? It's almost like we're reminding ourselves, okay, this is, this is silly. I know God can hear me. We want to say that to him. We want to share the most honest feelings that we have, write them down, journal them. This is so helpful for so many people. Um, Write down what you're feeling in the most unfiltered way. Trust that he is big enough to handle your big emotions and don't try to hold back that one part because you think it's too much for him. Okay, next we have bargaining. This is where we think of what ifs and even we might want to bargain with God. And I think as believers, we struggle less with trying to make deals with God. Like, hey, if you do this, you know, um, and maybe we do in some situations, but I think more often than not, we're rehashing what could have happened if one small detail was different. 
If you're asking what ifs and feeling guilt or shame, pray for the Lord to overwhelm you with grace. So often we can ask all the what ifs. The Lord is merciful, my friend. Pray for his grace to cover you like a blanket and for the ability to release the blame you may be taking on. Pray to understand as best as we can God's sovereignty and that God was not asleep when this tragedy struck. In the bargaining phase, you might need to confess that there were things that you could have done differently, but lay them at the cross. Remember who God is. Remember he sent Jesus. And remember that all of your sins, anything that contributed has been forgiven. And as we accept God's grace, we get to see God's love in a whole new way. So embrace that and don't try to avoid it. Don't try to avoid maybe the idea that if there was something that you could have done differently, embrace the grace that God has given you in that moment and allow that to transform just how you live and how you respond to other people. Next, depression. This is when grief and mourning really set in. And in this phase, you might want to be praying for joy that feels honest. Sometimes we can feel bad to feel joy when we're in a hard season. And it doesn't mean that we stopped caring. It's honestly the power of the Holy Spirit at work in your life. Our joy is found in the presence of the Lord. Um, Psalm 1611, you guys hear me say this verse all the time. It's one of my favorites. Um, But the fullness of joy is found in the presence of the Lord. Beg him to bring small moments of joy throughout your seasons of grief. And also pray that you will accept that joy, that gift, instead of worrying that it means you're doing this grief thing wrong. Also, don't isolate yourself. You don't need to find your way into every crowd, but have a few people who will check in on you and pray for you. This also helps us to not sink into the enemy's lies. Our enemy wants every hard thing to make us believe that God is no longer good. The enemy will use any tragedy in our life to pull us away from God. We can't let him win. We need others to hold us near when we go through rough things. And I think Google is right. Often we aren't looking for how to pray when we don't even have the words. I think instead of trying to grind through it or even search for words, we can simply rest in the prayers of other people. Does this mean we stop praying? Absolutely not. It just means that we recognize how God draws near to us as others intercede for us. Okay, the last phase, acceptance. But before acceptance, we struggle to want to feel the finality of what acceptance means. But in doing so, we may keep fresh wounds that are already ready to heal. Pray for God to help you accept that we may never know why. I have spent a lot of time trying to figure God out. Why did this happen to this person and not me? Good or bad, I want to understand God's math. And possibly the hardest part when it comes to grief is knowing that we may never understand why on this side of heaven. I hope this doesn't sound flippant at all. But if you are anything like me and almost feel like things can't resolve without the full story, we might hold on to the sting of grief longer than necessary. We want to believe that a perfect answer will make us feel better, but when pain rips our world in two, is there ever a great answer that will satisfy us? I don't think so. So how does that affect how we pray? It means we call off the dogs, we stop the search, we don't wait to draw near until this mystery is solved. 
We don't wait to know if we can trust God until we decide that the answer we get is good enough. Elizabeth Elliot says in her book, Suffering is Never for Nothing. She says, acceptance, I believe, is the key to peace in this business of suffering. She says, suffering is a mystery, and we must remember that all Christianity rests on mysteries. We're not adrift in chaos. We're held in the everlasting arms. I know the one who is in charge of the universe. He's got the whole world. Where? In his hands. And that's where I am. So that, to me, is the key to acceptance, the fact that it is never for nothing. I also want to mention one last stage of grief, and not really stage, but basically like the grief that we will carry in an ongoing way. So, so many people who have gone through tragedies will tell you that the grief doesn't go away. It just stings less. The wounds are now more like scars, but they still inflict moments of pain. If you're in this stage, pray for the Lord to continue to bring you hope. Hope is what is necessary to live each day. Also, pray for God to remove any frustrations or jealousy as you see others go on about their lives like nothing happened. Seeing the joy of others can often sting more than we realize. Ask God to meet you where you're at and to show up in all areas of your life. So often we doubt God's faithfulness if we only expect Him to show up in one area. He may be working in your job, but you don't see His hand because you only see how He's not working in your prayers for your parents. If we can open our eyes to all aspects of our life and to see where God is working, I think we will have hope for our future and be able to move forward through our grief in a healthy way. Friend, if you are walking through grief today, I pray you leave encouraged. I want to say a quick prayer for you before we wrap up. But before I do that, I just want to review these quick things going through the stages of grief that we can feel. Number one, denial. Things that you can pray for in this stage. Pray for the Lord to connect you to what is really happening in the most gentle way possible. Pray for his protection and comfort to your heart so that you don't use denial as a defense mechanism. If you're in a stage of anger, pray that you will be able to pray honestly with the Lord. Give him everything. Do not hold back. Don't wait to go to him until you talk to everybody else about it, vent or cry. Go to him. He can handle your feelings. And if we are avoiding him, he's not able to truly transform us the way he can if we were spending time in his presence. Next bargain here, pray for the Lord to remove any shame, any guilt, confess, and take time to really soak in the Lord's grace for you. If you're in a stage of depression, pray for the Lord to give you honest joy, a joy that is beautiful because of his presence in your life. It doesn't mean your pain has gone away. It doesn't mean you stopped caring. And pray also that you will accept that gift and not feel like you're not worthy of having the gift of joy. And in a stage of acceptance, pray for God to help you to accept what that you may never know why something happened. That is difficult and hard, but I think it can help us move through a lot of our pain. And lastly, for ongoing grief that we may feel, pray that the Lord would fill you with hope. Ask God to meet you where you are right now and open your eyes to see if He is working in any other areas of your life. Okay, friend, I'm going to pray for us. Lord, you are the God who comforts us in our pain. 
see us now, Lord. Wrap us up in the shadow of your wing. Hold tight to us, even as we face doubts and anger or want to isolate. Send us friends who can love us and support us well, God. Give us a little victories we can clearly see to help us keep believing when it's hard. And let every hard thing in our life draw us closer to you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, I hope that was encouraging for you today. And if you have a friend who's going through a hard time, shoot them this podcast in a text and tell them that you're praying for them. It may be just the spark of hope your friend needs today. And we're going to actually keep the hard conversations going. Join us next week as I talk to Lisa Whittle all about praying when we get no's. Thanks so much for listening. You guys have a great week.